we do need a revolution of love, and by that I mean a real health revolution in all its complex beauty that never separates mind, body, and soul. And that's what we're starting right here, right now, on an Informed Life Radio on 1150 AM KKNW. I'm your host, Bernadette Pager, and we're starting a real health revolution one conversation at a time. Please know that the content on this program should not be construed as medical or legal advice. It is for informational purposes only. The conversation that we're going to be bringing to you should just be the beginning of your journey. Um, we want to inspire you to dive deep, to think critically, and make very informed decisions throughout your life. Uh, we're living in uh, very strange times, and there's never been a more important time to really pay attention to what's going on and to look deeply. We've got an awful lot to cover today, and since I'd like to leave listeners always feeling empowered, I'm going to start with the bad news and then move on to the good news. So the bad news. Through public health records, it's being learned just how much Bill Gates and the Gates Foundation are controlling and influencing Washington State Department of Health's and Governor Inslee's response to COVID. Um, the data and the recommendations for actions are all coming from the Gates Foundation organization, such as idmod.org. I encourage you to look that up, idmod.org. That's the Infectious Disease Modeling Organization. These communications and computer modeling data predict pretty uh, gloomy outcomes, situations. Um, and they call for lockdowns, masking the entire population, travel restrictions, and much more. There appears to be no other voices or organizations with altering or moderate viewpoints that are based on actually what's happening on the real data on the ground um, and what is learned about COVID so far. And no other points of view are either being solicited that we can tell or listened to by the state when they are offered to the state. What's even more alarming is how the Gates Foundation, the governor and the Department of Health is absolutely ignoring existing treatment protocols. And yes, COVID-19 is treatable. We have known this for months. Dr. Paul Merrick of the Eastern Virginia Medical School, who has a very uh, safe and effective working treatment, go to covid19criticalcare.com. He said that people are dying unnecessarily. They've got the treatments, off-the-shelf working treatments. There's treatments that include drugs, treatments that include nutrients, oxygen, they are available. We're hearing none of this from the Gates Foundation. In fact, they're funding something called the Welcome Organization that's searching for treatments and they specifically exclude nutrients, vitamins, herbs, and other natural protocols. That's just shameful. We need people to be healed and we need to get our lives back. The collateral damage is absolutely not being considered. The other bad news is about the mRNA vaccines that are being developed. There are three candidates, one right here in Washington state, the Moderna vaccine. And to give you the highlights, I'm going to read from a new article that just came out yesterday at childrenshealthdefense.org, childrenshealthdefense.org. The title of this article is Components of mRNA Technology, quote, could lead to significant adverse events in one or more of our clinical trials, 
unquote, says Moderna. So the very own company making this knows of a high possibility for adverse reactions. In summary, the Children's Health Defense tell us the mRNA vaccines undergoing COVID-19 clinical trials, including the Moderna vaccine, rely on a nanoparticle-based carrier system containing a synthetic chemical that's called polyethylene glycol, or PEG for short. The use of PEG in drugs and vaccines, and it's even in food, is increasingly controversial because of the well-documented incidents of adverse reactions to it, including life-threatening reactions. Roughly seven in 10 Americans may already be sensitized to PEG. This is firm science. It's been out, I think, several decades that increasingly people are becoming sensitive to PEG because it's in so many things, which may result in reduced efficacy of the vaccine and an increase in adverse side effects. If a PEG-containing mRNA vaccine for COVID-19 gains FDA approval, the uptick in exposure to PEG will be unprecedented and potentially disastrous. Moderna documents and publications indicate that the company is well aware of safety risks associated with PEG and other aspects of its mRNA technology, but it is more concerned with its bottom line. A, do a dozen COVID-19 vaccines are undergoing clinical trials, leading a crowded field that now numbers approximately 170 candidates. Make no mistake, this is high stakes um, money, high stakes investment, um, high stakes outcome for whoever wins the top spots. Uh, in the corporate perspective, prospectus supporting Moderna's stock market launch in 2018, the company was frank in its technical approach, uh, about its technical approach, and it laid out, because it has to by law, the numerous concerns with their technology. This is a direct quote uh, from their perspectives. There can be no assurance that our LNPs which is part of their vaccine, will not have undesired effects. Our LNPs could contribute in whole or in part to one or more of the following, immune reactions, infusion reactions, complement reactions, opsonation reactions, I haven't even looked that one up yet, antibody reactions, or reactions to the PEG. Certain aspects of our investigational medicines may induce immune reactions from either the mRNA or the lipid, as well as adverse reactions within liver pathways or degradation of the mRNA or the LNP, any of which could lead to significant adverse events in one or more of our clinical trials. Were the 45 people in Seattle who were in phase one of the clinical trials told about this? I don't think so. Are the 30,000 people now being lined up to go to the phase three clinical trials being told that there's a 70% chance they are already sensitive to an ingredient that might give them an adverse, serious adverse reaction? I don't know. Who would sign up for such a thing? I certainly wouldn't. And you can read the rest of that article. It's in-depth, it's, it's cited, it's fantastic at childrenshealthdefense.org. And we also republished it on informedchoicewashington.org. So my question is, why did Dr. Tony Fauci, who's heading up the federal COVID-19 response, why did he invest nearly $1 billion in our taxpayer money 
in the Moderna vaccine knowing this because he must have known this. It was published in 2018. This certainly explains why yet another Moderna official, this time Chief Medical Officer Tal Zaks, just sold almost every bit of his stock in this company. If you're the chief science officer for a company with a product about to launch and maybe save 7 billion people on the planet, why do you sell your stock? No words, right? So where does that leave us? You know, where does that leave us? Well, the good news is we don't need a vaccine. 99.74% of those who get COVID, recover from COVID. Most people are not at risk. The people who are susceptible, they need treatments and there are effective working treatments. And we're gonna be talking about that at the end of the show. I wanna move on now though to our guests. So I, I've delivered the kind of the hard hitting bad news, um, but I'm gonna bring on my guests to talk a little bit more uh, about where we stand and, and the concerns here. So uh, Dr. John Ruland, He's a naturopath. He knows the human body has a tremendous capacity to heal itself. The principle known as the healing power of nature is the foundation of naturopathic philosophy. Dr. Ruland's goal as a naturopathic physician is to help restore balance to your body, your mind, and your spirit. Welcome, Dr. Ruland. And oh, unmute. Go ahead. I think he needs to unmute himself. <laughs> this is live. Thank you, Bernadette, for that um, amazing research that you've done. Um, having uh, a watch person like you, because you're not a watchdog, you're a watch person, um, is we, we, uh, we owe already, but we're going to owe an even greater debt to you because I think you're going to be able to save a lot of um, people from some miserable uh, futures. Um, what, what you told me about the um, immunization and sensitivity. So thank you. Um, so I want to begin by saying I don't specialize in treating infectious diseases. I um, don't have much experience with COVID, but a lot of my colleagues are having very good results in treating COVID. And what I did, I let all my patients know early on the really basic things that I've learned um, that they should do preventatively. And not a single one of my patients who under, um, undertook the, the preventative protocol that I sent out have gotten sick. And so it could just be coincidence, but I don't think so. Um, so, and one thing that's really curious in a negative way is, um, some of my patients that were um, telling people what would be a cure for COVID were warned that they would lose their license if they, um, if they continued to broadcast that information. Um, it wasn't the Department of Health. It wasn't the, um, the FDA. It was the FTC, the Federal Trade Commission. And I don't know the details. Um, if somebody's interested, for instance, if you're interested, Bernadette, in more information on that, um, the Washington Association of Naturopathic Physicians put out a, a letter sometime back uh, warning people that the FTC was um, a threat to their license if they um, talked about curing COVID. So um, I want to again say I'm not curing COVID. I'm not. It's not my area of expertise. 
Um, but as a naturopath, I'm treating anything that comes across the table to me. Uh, um, if somebody were to ask me for help, I would never say no. So um, anyway, yeah. I, I well, well, yeah, what I want to say is it's what's so very frustrating. We really need to change many of the laws and regulations about how practitioners in this country can speak about what they do to help their patients. Because the, the protocols that naturopaths and, and some um, holistic pro practitioners, functional medicine doctors, and even MDs are using, these are safe and sound protocols with decades of research behind them showing they can address the symptoms of COVID because they have done so success, successfully for so long. We're not talking about, you know, strange drugs. We're talking about things that the immune system needs in order to properly respond to an infection. Vitamin C, vitamin D, zinc, some herbs, you know, it's, it's nothing outlandish. And for the FTC to tell doctors that they can't speak to their experience, we have got to change that, you know? So if the FTC is doing that, if they feel authorized to do that, we have to change the reason they feel authorized to do that. We need to elevate, one of the silver linings of what I call this COVID chaos is that it's bringing to light all the changes that need to happen because we, nobody is born deficient in a drug. They might be born deficient in a nutrient but nobody's born deficient of a pharmaceutical product, right? We know the building blocks of health are within us. And that's what we need to, to, when we should be able to say so, you should be able to freely say so. But, you know, before we go too much further here, I see you have a handsome fella sitting beside you. Those on the radio can't, can't see him, but I believe you've got your father there with you. And he has some experience in living through very, challenging times that are similar to what we're seeing. Is that correct? Yeah, so my, my father's name is John Ruland, a surprise, surprise, same as mine. Um, he's a retired physicist and uh, he, um, I'll let him speak for himself, but just briefly, um, he was born in 1932, 33, thank you. Um, and uh, um, was three years old when he had his first memory um, related to, um, well, anyway, you want to just give a little brief overview? Well, I, I spent uh, most of my life working as a physicist in research and development. Uh, did a little bit of teaching uh, when I first, uh, when I first left the uh, University of Pennsylvania. Uh, and in, um, in, in Rochester uh, to, to, to get a little extra income. And, uh, but uh, mostly I have, I have worked for General Motors first and then for a long time for Xerox. Uh, anyway, I, I, I know something about modeling and uh, I, I can follow, I can follow uh, Dr. Fauci pretty well. I have an idea of how modeling is done as you can see, I have kept uh, uh, social distances, especially from my from my hairdresser. <laughs> and uh, so, uh, basically, what what you are telling me uh, is, is 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 fairly new to me, and I, I I really cannot 
comment much about it, but it does seem uh, a pity if if ideas like like uh, yours are not are not more thoroughly investigated. And there's probably there is probably a, a, an influence of the of the drug companies involved. That's about all I can say. Okay, um, I I. I, we're going to go to a break here, but when we come back, um, Dr. Uh, Mr. Ruland, John Sr., um, I, I'd like to talk you to talk a little bit about your life in Germany and, and some of the things that you might have experienced that you told your son, Dr. John, um, were sort of similar to what we're going through now. Uh, but for uh, about two minutes, we're gonna head, head off to a break. You're listening to 11.50 AM KKNW and Informed Life Radio. Did you know that 70 to 80% of your immune system resides in your gut lining? Ion Gut Health goes beyond probiotics to strengthen this barrier and balance your microbiome the natural way. This soil-derived supplement is scientifically proven to reinforce your first line of defense, keeping harmful foreign particles out of your bloodstream. Maintain a healthy immune system so that it can protect you when you need it most. Support your immune system with Ion Gut Health. Learn more at ionbiome.com. We all know that vitamin C is an essential nutrient our immune system needs. But did you know there's scientific evidence that vitamin C can be used safely and effectively to boost your body's immune system to fight infections? To learn how you can live life to the fullest, find the vitamin C expert, Dr. Paul Anderson, on Instagram and Facebook by searching DRA online or visit at consultdranderson.com today. So you know, all healing begins in the cells, and for the cells to do their job, well, they need the right nutrients, like vitamin C and D, and gases, like oxygen. Did you know that there is a treatment that infuses every cell of your body with oxygen? Hyperbaric Oxygen Therapy, HBOT for short, is a safe and effective medical treatment that can be used in therapies for many injuries and diseases. HBOT was actually used successfully during the 1918 Spanish flu pandemic to treat hypoxia and respiratory failure. And it's now being used to successfully treat COVID-19 as several clinical trials are underway. HBOT increases your production of glutathione, which is critical to immune function and increases stem cell proliferation. To learn more about this century old technology that is the future of medicine, visit hbotnews.org today. That's hbotnews.org. Tell your friends about Alternative Talk 1150. Welcome back to an Informed Life Radio on 1150 AM KKNW. I'm your host, Bernadette Pager. And with me is Dr. John Bruland and Mr. John Bruland, his father. So uh, John, why don't you um, direct your, your father there to tell us about his, um, his childhood a little bit and his experiences that, that might inform us today um, about what's going on. 
So um, originally, he had been sharing with me um, some of the stories about his early recollections. Um, and some of it would be probably upsetting to people who are listening, but I think it's um, it's a kind of a warning, especially in light of uh, 75th anniversary of Hiroshima, um, that um, he, he kind of would like to share some thoughts about uh, preventing some mistakes that, that he sees that, um, that we're going into uh, right now. So I, I was just, he, he's not exactly sure um, uh, what to say, but maybe you can kind of guide him a little bit. But Dad, do you want to just share a little of the story that you were? Well, I know very little about medicine. I, I know a little bit more about history. Uh, I, I was born, I was born in Germany. Uh, you already heard in 1933. And if you know a little German history, you may know that Hitler came into power in 1933. And uh, over the years in this country, opinion has changed from you know, Germany being all villainous, etc., cetera, uh, to, 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 to a recognition that the Versailles Treaty was basically a, a recipe for starting another war, for getting a dictator star started because no democratic government could 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 deal with the misery that existed in the 20s and, and i learned over the years through letters that people wrote one a german woman to her sister who lived in the united states i translated uh, some letters for somebody and from so many sources i heard all, all the, the real misery that existed in in the 1920s and, and, and people just wanted a job, and, and that's why they set their hope on Hitler. Well, of course, once Hitler got in, the first thing he did is, 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 is uh, make sure uh, there were his people in the courts, uh, anybody that had a, a, a Jewish grandparent or it was a very arbitrary definition anyway who was Jewish, but anybody who was considered uh, Jewish was thrown out of the courts and, and, and party members for the most part installed. And of course that happened the same with government positions. And, uh, and, uh, and then the, the government controlled the media. And, and once you have full control of the media, Word really doesn't get around. It may be it may be hard, it may be hard to believe uh, uh, people uh, somewhere else that most Germans knew nothing about the mass suicide, mass uh, uh, murder in, in in camps that were done on an industrial scale, as we all know now. Uh, I had I had. Uh, a very good friend, somewhat older than I, so he was, he had already finished uh, the, the gymnasium, so he was a, he was a lieutenant, he was drafted and sent to all, all officer school, I guess, uh, because uh, he had finished his, uh, his, uh, his uh, secondary education uh, successfully. So he, uh, he, 
He, he was located in France and uh, early warning for aircraft things. He was really not, never in, in, in battle. And he, he was a very, very nice and kind man, a very religious man on top of it. And I asked him once, you know, what did you know about uh, what was going on in the mass murder in the camps? And he said, you know, uh, one of my fellow officers went home to Germany on furlough during the war, and he came back, and uh, and uh, he said to us in the officers' club, he said, you know, they are gassing people now in the concentration camps, and oh, you may have said they they gassing Jews now, or I don't know, you know, but anyway, uh, and all the other officers said. How, why would you believe such a stupid propaganda? That's, uh, you know, propaganda uh, the Allies spread. Uh, he said, you know, I heard about it, but none of us believed it. And, and well, that was, was, of course, people, people that lived near the camps, they must have suspected something. Trains going in and out and whatever else was going on and the smoke coming up through the chimneys. But uh, they were terrified. A cousin of mine had been ruined for a couple of generations. A cousin of mine, not born here, uh, he went. She went to the war after the war. She had actually relatives of 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 her father's well relatives in in Dachau, and she was visiting there. And she said, "You know, what did you know about this mass murder?" And they were very embarrassed because they, they knew about it, but they didn't at the time. They didn't dare to uh, didn't mm -hmm. dare to uh, say anything about it. So that's how how communication was just just killed. And and right now what we're having is so much censorship. Uh, the major media is controlled by the drug industry, some by the government. The um, there, people are being kicked off of Twitter and Facebook. Um, naturopaths are being silenced. And do, are you seeing the parallels of, of things that are happening and most people aren't, aren't aware because they're not able to access the information? Well, yeah, I, I, I think, I think, uh, I think uh, our, our president has, has all the instincts of, of, uh, of a would-be uh, of a would-be, uh, 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 what do I mean, <laughs> dictator, of a, of a, of a would-be dictator, uh, control communications, pack the courts with your own people, and repeat lies, just keep repeating them. And, and if anybody dares to, to contradict them, you uh, somehow dispose of them, uh, uh, you know, give them a bad name and, and, and so on. And unfortunately, there are a lot of people, I think especially away from the major cities more than in the major cities, but there are enough people that are miserable enough, uh, so they pin their hope and their pro protest uh, not on, on the established methods and the established parties as such, but uh, 
they listen to 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 the lies. That's the only thing they mm -hmm. they 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 can show their their, their protest, uh, perhaps. Yeah, I, I, I very I much see a lot of parallels. In other words. Yeah, I, I very much respect your experienced uh, opinion and insight. Um, I, I think it's very complicated right now because the most of the control that I'm seeing from the research I am doing isn't coming from the White House. In fact, some of the things, even though, you know, I, I have my issues with with Trump, some of the things he is saying agree with the research I have been doing, and it's the drug industry, it's the CDC, um, um, and the FDA who seem to be on the side of the pharmaceutical industries. So it's really difficult right now even to know where where to look because everything is so blurred and so well, confusing. Uh, well, in Germany, in Germany, there were especially in the army, there were lots of people that were quite critical of Hitler and they were ready as, as soon as they felt it safe to turn against him. Mm -hmm. But, but uh, and, and uh, there were very few like Rommel who actually faced the Hitler and said, look, you're doing this wrong and you're doing this wrong. And of course he was he was forced to commit suicide, mm. uh, and uh, but there were a lot, a lot, a lot of of other, especially generals, because they 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 had to be kept. Hitler couldn't just get rid of them because they were very good military men, mm -hmm. and they uh, and and and, and uh, they were ready to turn against Hitler. If they could do it in safety, yeah, I, and I think I think what you bring up is keep, yeah. Well, I would Go say it's it's really important what you're saying. Um, no matter you know where you stand on who you think might be the bad guy right now, I think it's important for all of us to to be paying attention to be reading deeply, looking for information outside of the mainstream and standing up and speaking and talking to each other. We might not always agree, but we must talk to each other and we must uh, work forward. And so with that, I'm gonna have to, because we're, um, we wanna segue over to the hopeful side of this conversation today. Um, I always like to, we've got another 20 minutes or so and I wanna leave our listeners on the side of hope. So I wanna say thank you so much for sharing your insights with us. Um, and we're gonna take that to heart and keep in mind that we don't want history to repeat itself. So we need to talk, we need to keep a free press. There's so much that we need to hold on to in order for truth to win and um, and you know for ugliness not to follow. So thank you. Um, can, I, can I say one thing? Um, yes. So um, my understanding, and, and I didn't live through that time period, but my understanding was that Hitler originally really wasn't the problem. He he kind of was a he was kind of a touchstone or the lightning rod, they say. But it was the companies, the corporations that were feeding money to him. Um, they're they're the ones that were the problem. And so it's kind of like a figurehead of a of a country. Um, the figurehead doesn't really do a whole heck of a lot, but they they 
um, get the credit or they get the blame when things go well or things go poorly. But obviously he, he went a little bit crazy and I think it was because um, of several things, but uh, one was one of the assassination attempts he left him you know, in severe pain and his doctor created this crazy cocktail. There's a documentary on Netflix about it um, that just even made him crazier. Uh, um, but but he couldn't have gotten where he was without the, the big money behind him. And and uh, and you had mentioned earlier about the drug companies. And you know, I don't feel very very good about uh, what the drug companies are doing because. As a naturopath in this society, you actually become schizophrenic in some ways because um, on the one hand, you, you see what reality is. You see how easy it is to treat diabetes or you see how easy it is to treat high cholesterol. But then your patients come to you and they're on these crazy medications which are um, very harmful to them often. I think um, the um, statins have, have the highest um, have the highest side effect rate of any drug. If you look online, almost anyone can find, you know, data showing um, problems from, from the statins. My mother-in-law was a, was not able to walk after being put on statins because of the pain. And, yeah, and, you and know, we got yeah. her off of that, but then she's had lasting problems from it. So, and I want to just say quickly, Dr. John, about, about the statins. So th this is what's wrong with government getting involved in medicine and stepping in and having standard of care and regulations. So, I mean, it's now built into the Medicare Medicaid system that if you have patients that have high cholesterol, you only get reimbursed at these certain levels of amounts if you have them on the standard of care and giving them these statin drugs is part of standard of care. So for, you know, it even once these drugs are found out to be dangerous and more harm than good, it takes so long to extricate them for doctors to stop using them. And that's really dangerous. And statins are probably one of the reasons why COVID is so hard on our seniors in the United States, harder than any other country in the world, because not only does it um, cut off that change of cholesterol, but your CoQ10 and so many other nutrients on that chain, these drugs cut them all off. And you need those nutrients in order to um, create vitamin D, to use vitamin D. And vitamin D um, deficiency or insufficiency is a risk factor for severe COVID disease. So, you know, I'm with you 100% there. Um, Dr. John on, on what's going on. So let's, let's, though, let's empower. Um, we know there's a lot of problems and we're going to work on all those problems. But in the meantime, day to day, we got people driving home from work right now um, and they want to know what they can do to, to be able to feel safe and happy and hopeful and, and come out of fear. So um, are you able to say safely without the FTC um, getting down on you? Can I ask you if I was your patient, um, what you would um, advise me to do, what nutrients would you advise me to take on a regular basis to make sure my immune system can handle um, exposure to a virus? So the key is your diet, okay? First and foremost, um, Hippocrates also said that let food be your medicine and um, it is very good information that um, if somebody 
um, wants to eat optimally, um, there isn't just one diet. Uh, if you go to Atkins or Ornish or whoever's book, um, you'll read about the diet that helped them specifically. But you can't extrapolate that to the general population. Some people need to be vegetarian. Some people need to eat a lot of meat. But um, you have to find the right, um, right diet for you. And once you've done that, your job is easy. Otherwise, you have to work really hard at supplementing if you're not eating the right diet for you. So number one is the diet. Number yeah. two, exercise. Um, I specialize in doing oxidative therapies. That's like ozone, hyperbaric oxygen, high-dose IV vitamin C. But the number one oxidative therapy is exercise. It doesn't cost you anything. I, and I want you to do exercise. I don't want you to be my patient. I want you to be healthy. <laughs> well, I'm happy to help you too. But um, so um, modest amount of exercise to begin with. Don't overdo it. You know, some of my colleagues who are into running um, age prematurely. You know, these beautiful people who overexercise, um, too much oxidative stress on their body. Um, so anyway, there's the balance um, there. There and is a balance. And, and Dr. John, we're going to have to go to a break. So we've got one and two in. And when we come back, we're going to move forward on that. And I'm going to give a plug for hopping. Hopping on a trampoline. It is one of the best way to move your lymphatic system and oxygenate your lungs, your whole body. I love hopping. So with that, we're going to move on to a break. You're listening to an Informed Life Radio on 1150 AM Did you know that in 1986, Congress passed the National Childhood Vaccine Injury Act, granting liability protection to drug companies for injuries and deaths caused by their vaccine products recommended to children? Did you know injuries and deaths of pregnant women and their unborn children were added to the act in 2016? Did you know that on February 4, 2020, drug companies who make COVID-19 vaccines were placed under the liability protection of the Public Readiness and Emergency Preparedness Act, known as the PrEP Act? To learn the history of how we got here in order to protect yourself now and in the future, you must see the film, 1986, The Act. Go to 1986theact.com today. Need information about your child's vaccinations? Informed Choice Washington is a nonprofit organization of parents, family members, medical professionals, educators, and Washingtonians from all walks of life. They believe in personal freedoms and individual choices, including healthcare choices. Their mission is to advocate for vaccine policy reform based on scientific integrity and individual health needs, to promote education about healthy immunity, and to protect informed consent and medical freedom in Washington state. To stay informed, visit informedchoicewa.org. Informed Choice Washington envisions the future where every doctor is fully trained in identifying vaccine risk factors and recognizing vaccine injury. Every child is afforded a personalized approach to disease prevention, and every parent has the freedom to make the best healthcare decisions for themselves and their families. They know every child matters. Go to informedchoicewa.org today.
No other station delivers this much variety. Alternative Talk 1150. Welcome back to an Informed Life Radio on 1150 AM KKNW. I'm here with Dr. John Ruland, and we've just sort of been all over the place this afternoon. In the last bit of the show, we're going to be uh, continuing to talk about things you can do to keep your body safe, to build immunity. And I want to I want to just go down a quick list before we go back to Dr. John. If you go to the Informed Choice Washington website, informedchoicewa.org, and look for the COVID-19 tab, we've been trying to keep up to date um, on different posts with the different uh, treatment protocols as they come out, giving you the science to go and explore, sending you off to the experts who know about it, where we're trying to be a resource for you. On our website, you're going to find Dr. Brownstein's case series studies with 107 recovered patients using just nutrients and oxygen. You're going to find the Math Plus protocol, which is mainstream. The top frontline ER doctors are using this um, in order to recover patients. Um, you're going to find information about hydroxychloroquine plus zinc, information about quercetin and N-acetylcysteine, which when is nebulized, there's this fabulous case study that just helps with the breathing and overcoming and, and the case study and some of the clinical trials are looking really good. Um, there's several steroids that are beginning to work. We've posted just a little bit about that. Um, and in fact, there's a brand new product that my guest, Dr. Deicher, next week is going to be talking about. Um, and I'll, I'll tell you a little bit more at the end of the program. Uh, vitamin D supplementation, we've got a lot of information on that. HBOT, hyperbaric oxygen treatment. We've got um, a lot of information on that. Probably the most important thing you need to know about is glutathione, glutathione, glutathione. Everything that I've just read to you here improves your glutathione. Proper diet improves glutathione. Glutathione is your body's major um, antioxidant that you need absolutely to recover from anything. And and all of the treatments improve glutathione. And there's a Russian researcher who has put out a paper that says that all of the susceptibilities to COVID have in common um, that they put you in a state of glutathione depletion. And, um, and he said all of the symptoms of COVID appear similar to glutathione depletion. So really that research that, go to our website, it's a great place to start, we have a lot there. And then there's also homeopathy, which we haven't written much about yet. So I, I'm going to turn to Dr. John here to talk about that. So Dr. John, you told us number one, diet, number two, exercise, oxygenate, get out there and exercise. So what's your number three? Number three, I would say has to do with sunlight, getting sunlight on your skin. And people in Seattle, I know your show goes out throughout the whole country, but people in Seattle don't feel like they can get much sunlight a lot of the year. But it doesn't matter. You just expose as much as your body as you can, roll up your sleeves, wear shorts, and go out and get sunlight on your skin because the ultraviolet, there's probably other factors that we don't even know about, um, but it's critical every day to get at least 20 minutes of sunlight on your skin or daylight, let's call it in Seattle. Um, and then uh, I'm very glad you talked about the glutathione, nebulized glutathione. But I have another one that I recommend to people 
who can't necessarily afford to go to a naturopath. And, and I try not to turn anyone away. Um, so if there's someone who just can't afford treatments, I would try to find a way to make it possible. But um, if you do a nebulized, a very, very dilute hydrogen peroxide, not 3%, that'll, that'll cause problems, but a very dilute hydrogen peroxide is also an oxidative therapy and it will work um, in treating, um, let's say viral infections, because I don't think I should say <laughs> but um, it's a very effective lung therapy and uh, my colleague Dr. Schallenberger I would recommend checking out some of his on uh, uh, YouTube and uh, maybe go to his website uh, Schallenberger um, so that would be uh, the next thing I would like to talk about homeopathy um, I don't know if it's number four or number five but um, so when people are imbalanced, how do you correct that imbalance? It could be any imbalance. It's just, um, in my opinion, homeopathy is the most scientific medicine in the world because there's a very, um, there's a very prescribed way of determining what remedies are used for what imbalances. So most, most pharmaceutical drugs they have them on the shelf and they try them for everything, you know, and then if, if they see some success with it, then they'll recommend it for anyone with that condition. In homeopathy, we start with say 50 medical students that are relatively healthy. We write down every sign and symptom that they have and we give them the medicine repeatedly until they start exhibiting symptoms. Then we, we, we take all the symptoms and signs that are produced by that remedy, and we know that that will be a consistent response to that remedy, okay? So when you have somebody with those symptoms as part of their illness or their imbalance, and you give them that remedy, it will kind of stimulate the body to create an equal and opposite reaction to those symptoms and it'll cure those symptoms. So that's how homeopathy works. That's why I say it's the most scientific method there is of determining what a medication is for. Other, other big pharma uses, you know, shot in the dark kind of trial and error, but there's no trial and error when homeopathy is prescribed correctly. Remedies run, you know, 10, $15 per remedy and um, if, if you get the right remedy, that's all you need. Um, they work typically for 60 days, somewhere between 30 and uh, 30 and 60 days. Um, and then you can either re, um, uh, re, um, take, take that same remedy again if the symptoms are still present but at a lesser level, um, or if, if it hasn't changed much, then switch to a new remedy because there are literally thousands of homeopathic remedies. So if you don't get just the right one the first time, the next time you can try one that's similar and that will likely be the right one. I love that. And I, you know, there's a lot of naysayers out there about homeopathy. And, you know, that always is the way I think in science, because often we, we don't develop the tools that can measure how something works for a very long time after something is discovered to work. So 
homeopathy, although the science is beginning, you know, there is beginning to be more studies that really show that it does work, but it's really that observation. Um, and it's that practitioner observation and experience that you described that shows that it worked, which is, you know, that's the essence of why they call it practicing medicine, right? That healing component. Um, so I, I'm, I'm a, I became a believer in, and I shouldn't use the word believe because it's not like a religion or a faith, but I saw it work personally when my son was little and he, um, it was the first time he'd ever been sick. He'd been in preschool and he, I mean, he, every orifice of him was infected. He had been, never been sick before. Actually, it was kind of funny because he'd never really thrown up before. And he was throwing up and then he was like waving his hands in front of his mouth and saying, what is that? What is that? Because it, it intrigued him because he had never had it before. But anyway, I wanted to put a stop to that because he was only throwing up because he had a gagging cough. And so I called his homeopathic naturopath who said, do you have some homeopathic cough syrup? And I looked and I did, and it had homeopathic Ipecac which if I'm saying that right, which in a full dose will make you throw up, but in homeopath, homeopathic doses does the opposite. My son was four years old. This was not going to have a, any sort of placebo effect, right? I was able to get a little in his mouth, in his inner mouth, so it was absorbed. And within just a few minutes, his coughing subsided to where it wasn't a gagging cough anymore. And um, yeah, that's just anecdotal, but it was enough for me. And moving forward all through his childhood, um, I found that homeopathy worked really well. It, it brought down the fever of, a, of the flu, not completely, just enough to keep him from, he throws up, everything makes him throw up, my poor boy, but just enough to make him comfortable so he could rest, but not so much that it shut down his immune system. So I've seen it in my own observation. I see the power um, of it. So, so what's then? You know, homeopathy is powerful. So we're eating right. We're exercising. We're seeking out nutrients. And I'm hogging the conversation, but I have to say that nebulized um, hydrogen peroxide, that's in Dr. Brownstein's protocol. Um, and what I learned from him is that our bodies produce hydrogen peroxide. I didn't realize that. It, it's chemically something, and we're really electrical salt beings, right? We, we create all these things that we think we can only buy in bottles, but you know they're actually within us. And so it really makes sense that it, it does work. You have to do it safely under the guidance of somebody who knows dosage and percentage and all that. Um, so, so then what's next? So um, there are a few nutrients that I think and, and it goes against my nature to recommend things across the board. And of course, you know, disclaimers that uh, don't take any advice off of YouTube or- Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, you'll need to get uh, professional opinion. Um, but, but they're very safe. And so um, I would have everyone take vitamin C. Um, of course, you're not gonna be able to give IV vitamin C to yourself. So if you're treating something serious, um, you might need to see a practitioner for that, for sure. But um, vitamin C is super important. I'd say a lot of uh, people watching it are already doing that. Uh, as you already mentioned, vitamin D, um, very, very important. Um, the zinc I like is given, giving that as lozenges because uh, when infections kind of start in the throat, 
um, if you deliver zinc to the mouth and throat, um, it's going to prepare your, your uh, area of the body that's most affected at first and uh, make it make it easier to prevent. Um, so. Uh, and I've heard that the, the studies are showing or the science behind quercetin, the, the um, bioflavonoid supplement quercetin works a little bit like hydroxychloroquine works. It's a zinc ionophore. It will pull the zinc into the cells. So that's something that people might want to, um, you know, do some research on and find out if they're, if they're looking for a way to increase their absorption of the vitamin, uh, of the zinc. So go ahead. Quercetin, quercetin actually, um, at least some, some of them um, are sourced um, the brown part of the onion, the onion peel, is very high in quercetin. Ah, oh, uh, I didn't know that. I don't, I don't know if uh, if people are taking it that way, but I suppose um, it might be worth experimenting with putting a bunch of the dried organic onion peel um, into a coffee blender and see if you can make little capsules out of it. Um, <laughs> I don't know what a tea would taste like made out of that. If it would taste too oniony or not, um, uh, but uh, I'm gonna try it. <laughs> I'm gonna see what yeah. I can create from it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you have okay? So, how about some parting words for us? We got like 30 seconds here, and then I'm gonna have to go to the wrap up. So, any parting well, thoughts for us? Um, just be really enthusiastic about taking control of your life. Um, one thing, the biggest problem I see right now is depression. And, and I don't mean, um, uh, you know, clinical depression necessarily, it's just situational. And if you can take control of your life, and it's hard if you're not working, you know, um, because you, you might not have money or a lot of people um, base their uh, self image on, on the work that they do. And so if you can get out of that trap and, um, and do something that you enjoy every day, what my dad said he does is he reads. Whenever he's feeling down, he reads, and it snaps him right out of it. So find something to do, get a little bit of exercise, and if you're if you have some uh, health issue, um, find something like the bounce, the hopping that that uh, Bernadette was talking about. Um, so anyway, thank you for inviting me on the show again. I I, I love I love being on your show, and I love the work that you do. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Oh, you're very welcome. I'm glad to do it. I'm just one little bit of this massive movement. I'm very one pleased. To, <laughs> yeah, it's getting bigger. It, it's growing exponentially. Um, Dr. John, thank you so much for joining us. So I want to tell listeners um, about next week. I'm very excited. Next week at four o'clock on Friday, um, my special guest is going to be Dr. Teresa Deicher. She's the research scientist that's right here in Seattle who discovered um, the adult stem cell, she and her team. That's pretty momentous. She's in the history books. She's going to be talking with us about the dangers of fetal cell contamination in some medical products, including some biologicals, and about an exciting new product from AVM, which is her ethical pharmaceutical company. She and her team realized that their new product, um, it, which is showing very promising results in treating cancer, they realized it has the potential to treat and maybe even prevent 
COVID-19. She's going to give us the science behind that and tell us about this exciting new product, which is moving toward clinical trials. You don't want to miss that conversation. So thank you for joining me. I'm Bernadette Pager on Informed Life Radio. I'm to make it